Rush is back. Hour number two. Teddy Lehman here. Tyler McComas. Separate locations today. We've got the final Sooner Caravan tonight at the Omni in OKC. Tyler's set up down there. Really cool spot. Still some tickets available, correct, Tyler? Yeah, uh, Soonersports.com slash caravan. Uh, Tyler, is that correct? Still some tickets available? Yep, yep, some tickets available. So come out and see uh, Jenny Baranchek. Come see Porter Moser and Britt Venables. So it's going to be a fun night. Starts at 630. Normally goes from about 630 to 830. They got a lot of tables set up. So I'm going to guess this is a huge turnout in OKC tonight. Good deal. Um, had Coach Venables on earlier. Asked him about the um, uh, the continued to be hit talking point across the country of ah, just no head coaching experience. Uh, we'll have to wait and see if he's if he's prepared for it. And you know, I love about- that you asked that. By the way, I that that was fantastic. <laughs> I'll, I'll give it up to you for that. I loved every second of that. That was good. Um, you know, it's. It's interesting, and, and I think he hit on kind of exactly what pretty much anyone that gives it at least a, a second or two of thought is that he's been around it at the highest level for well over 20 years, three Hall of Fame coaches. You know, all you've done is just kind of slowly increased the size that he's got control over. Started off as a position coach. Um and then, you know, a, a co-defensive coordinator, then a defensive coordinator uh, by himself. And he's seen it done a d- bunch of different ways and picked up on things that he likes and others that eliminated some that, that haven't worked as well. And the guy's totally prepared for it. And uh, he said that he loves the whole process of it. What was the quote? I'm a pig in mud right now with all of it. Just, you know, yep. Um, yep. leading, That's genuine, developing. man. That's, that's, that's yeah. not fake. That's real, man. That's that's totally real with him. My question is this: like, I, he's ready for this. I have no doubt about that. This, the rest of the staff, a, a lot of young guys, but I think that they're ready for this. I don't doubt that. But we got a hundred days, hundred days until OU kicks things off. What's the number one thing that this team needs to accomplish from today until they kick things off in a hundred days against UTEP? I had that exact question. Uh, written down to ask him, unfortunately, as we knew and, and joked about previously. <laughs> we, <laughs> Two questions. You're right. Um, I think I think it's the uh, – I, I don't know how exactly you define it because I, I think it, it, there's a couple of things, and it's kind of all-encompassing. Uh, toughness, physicality, um just that that aspect of owning a football game, right? Uh, and, that, and what comes with that is like winning the line of scrimmage. Um, also, in order to get that, I think you have to be the bigger, faster, stronger football team, which is done in the summer. So I, I don't know exactly like what word or phrase you use to say that's what needs to be developed the most, but I, that's kind of my take on it. I think the X's and O's and all that stuff, is going to be fine. I think it's just that that grittiness factor. Yeah. Yeah, um, I guess that goes into what mine is going to be, and I don't know how you – well, I do know how. You get better as a fourth-quarter team once the season actually starts. It's everything you do outside of the field. But 
that's one of the big things that I really want to see, man, because this program recently has had a lot of struggles in the fourth quarter. Blame it on whatever you want, play calling, strength and conditioning, whatever. But this year isn't going to be any different, man. They're going to be in a lot of tight football games. I think they're going to be in a tight football game in week three. And probably the ultimate difference in making it to the college football playoff or not, is this team going to be a better fourth quarter team? Which means being more physical, being better in shape, and the number one priority, being able to run the ball and being able to stop the run in the fourth quarter. And I don't think that they've necessarily done a good job of that in the past, what, two, three years or so. Right. You know, and I think one of the, I think that comes, I think the mindset comes with the development of that. I, I kind of, I, I feel like we've had a mindset of expecting teams to lay down for us because we're Oklahoma instead of getting joy out of watching and making teams lay down for you because you're Oklahoma. You know what I'm saying? I oh, yeah. instead of instead of going in there and and expecting it from the kickoff, like going in there and and watching people totally fold for you. And I think I think that we've got the personnel there in order to do it. I think we've got the right staff. I think we've got the right mentality at least the right mentality is being thrown at them. It may take a bit for that to be totally absorbed by everyone, but I think it's going to happen. It did feel like that OU would deliver kind of a haymaker, and if you got right back up, it would be, oh, what happened? Like, we, we got you up. We're, we're up 17 points on you. We're up 21 points on you. We thought well, you just kind of lay down. I, I feel like that mentality is be there. Yeah, man, you can't just deliver one haymaker and expect a team to go away, especially yeah. teams like Kansas State and Iowa State. you you got to keep delivering haymakers as the game goes on, and that's that's a mentality thing. Well, and, you know, this has been a complaint of mine for a long time, and you can say that it's um, – I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I could understand throwing some criticism at me for saying it, but – I feel like we get up on people almost by a, it's almost like a sleight of hand, right? We we hit you on a couple of big passes. We we got a reverse in there that got sixty five yards. You know, we pull off a you know a, a a running play that's wide open, and we make you pay for it. And before you know it, you're up you're up by you know several scores, but. When you're on the other team, it doesn't feel like you're getting beat. Like when you're getting beat in a football game, it should feel like someone's kicking your ass physically. You know what I'm saying? Sure. And it's like it's like I, we've I had totally this sleight of hand to where we find ourselves up on the scoreboard, but we haven't like physically like pounded anyone to, into submission. And whenever you don't, whenever that's not how you're getting there, then no one ever really quits or throws in the towel. Right, so I I feel like there's there's going to be a flip in that mindset a little bit, to where you physically just pound people running the football. It's not like a run it where they're not. It's going to be blowing people off of the ball. It's going to be on defense. 
you know, physicality, tackling, making every single yard hard to come by doesn't mean that people aren't going to put drives together on you. You know, there's there's some good offensive players in college football these days, and they're going to make plays. But you're going to have to, but you make them earn it every single thing, not by three or four missed tackles on a single play, or a guy streaking down the sideline, you know, uncovered because of a, a blown blown coverage in the secondary. Like, just make them earn it. Uh, even if they have to go on a long drive on you, if it's physical and it's tough and you make them earn it, people feel that. Text line asked, is it more likely that Nebraska gives us a really good game and they just fall apart in the fourth quarter or we just mollywop them all over Lincoln? You know, one thing that stood out to me about Nebraska last year is, and I mean, they're a Big Ten team. I I don't know why it surprised me that they built themselves like a Big Ten team, but especially defensively. They were big, man. They had a tight end that was strong. huge. They were just a big, physical, strong-looking football team. Um, I just I feel like it's more likely that you get a really good game, and I don't know if it's just that Nebraska falls apart in the fourth quarter. Maybe it's just OU makes one or two more plays than them, but – I just don't. I, I just don't not do not think you're going to go in there and mollywop them all over Lincoln like the uh, tes- uh, text is asking. My, I would say that a mollywop is more likely than, um, more likely than like a a last second nail biter type of football game. I I don't I don't know that. You know, there's some there's some teams in in the Big 12 that have seen up tempo offense and you know some super high powered offenses over the years. Big Ten has had some of that to a degree, but there's there's not going to be a whole lot of experience defending uh, a Jeff Levy style offense up tempo. Yeah physicality in the run game where they're just plowing it right at you over and over and over and over as fast as they possibly can. Your defensive line can't even get up there and get in their stance. It's coming at you so hard and fast. So I think there's a chance that that style is going to be totally different from what they saw from Oklahoma a year ago. I think there's a chance that that style really, really catches them by surprise. And I it know could. that I, I they are that absolutely who, who, who's, not going to let Who's the team up. in the Big Ten? Who's the team in the Big Ten that most resembles that? Ohio State, I guess, but they don't go. I mean, they spread it out and throw it a lot, but super up-tempo, I don't know about that. But, I mean, I guess it goes to your point. You know, the teams that have really molly-whopped Nebraska in the Big Ten, and, yes, Ohio State's been way more talented, but it's been Ohio State. They played Ohio State close last year, but there's been some games. Remember that? ABC Saturday night game where Ohio State was up like 35 nothing at the oh, end of yeah. the first quarter. That is the type of offense that they've had a real issue with, so fair point. Yeah, it was the most intense Nebraska crowd I ever saw, not because it was going crazy, but because it was like you could hear a pin drop in that stadium. It was nuts. But here's the thing. That Ohio State defense that year, like that's the difference between Ohio State then and now. There was like Five or six first-round draft picks on that defense. Yep. Yeah. A Bosa brother or two, I'm sure, was on that, uh, on uh, that defense the, for sure. Hey, Chase um, Young. Chase Young was on there, yeah. 
Golly. That just – I'm interested to see if Ohio State can continue to look like that defensively, man. Um, defensive line, tough physical linebackers. It just – I get the feeling that they're more trending towards we're going to score a whole lot of points offensively, but, buddy, if you want to run the football on us, you can run the football on us. You might have to outscore us. You might have to run the football and score 50 to beat us, but that just kind of feels like the model they're going towards. And Ohio State is a very tradition-rich program like OU in the sense that it feels like they've never won a national championship without an elite defense. I wonder if they're really starting to question up there. Like, I'm sure they like their team this year, but I wonder if they're at least starting to question, like, e, is this the blueprint that we want to have as a team moving forward? I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I – I'm sure that's – it's probably – you know, he did move on a D coordinator fairly quick, which tells you there was some of that pressure going on. Um, if they if they have another year where they don't win the Big Ten and don't make a semifinal, it's going to start to get loud up there. You know what I'm saying? You know how it goes. Yeah, it is. Yeah. We'll see. I, I feel I like – I don't, their I don't think they'd be afraid to be, cut baits after a, a few years either. Yeah. I think their offense is going to be so good that they're going to be able to really mask if their defense is not good, at least for the next year or two. But, you know, there's going to have to be a time that they definitely have to uh, ramp things back up on that side of the ball. All right, let's hit a quick timeout. Tyler is up there at the Omni. I'm hanging out here at Newcastle Casino. Stay tuned. More from The Rush is coming up. Cavis Construction bringing you hour number two of The Rush on this Thursday. If you missed the Britt Venables, uh, Brit Venables interview earlier, no problem. We'll replay that at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. A lot of good stuff from Coach Venables. Give Cavins a call, by the way, 405-573-3048. If you have some unfortunate situations in your house, some emergency repairs or even a mold issue going on, Cavins can help you out. 405-573-3048 or CavinsConstruction.com. A reminder, OU baseball scheduled for 730 tonight. Winner's bracket of the Big 12 tournament against Texas Tech. You can hear that on 1400 AM or the Ref app. Just search KREF in the App Store if you don't have our app already. And if you're coming to the OU KC Coaches Caravan tonight. Show me you have the app, and you are going to walk away with the free T-shirt. It's that easy. All right, big news of the day is the kickoff times that were released. UTEP, week one, 2.30 on Fox. Kent State, week two, 6 p.m. on ESPN+. Plus. Nebraska, 11 a.m. on Fox. And Iowa State has been moved from a Thursday to a Saturday game. So uh, we're getting a whole lot of upset people on the text line about an 11 a.m. OU Nebraska game, but I'm going to guess that there's more upset fans in Lincoln because, I mean, they at least get to play Ohio State, but this is going to be one of the more anticipated home games Nebraska's had in quite some time. Yeah. Yeah. The 11 a.m. kick is – it's it's not optimal. I know it's, it's a frustration point for a bunch of people. I still think – do you would it make it any better for for fans if it was like we talked about the noon start time instead of the eleven? Yeah, I just there's just something about that extra hour and just saying noon instead of eleven a.m. The a.m. part I think is what gets everyone. 
So it's just an hour, but if they were able to do it at noon instead, I think it would make a world of difference. I, I don't think that that would be become the preferred kickoff time or anything, but noon would be great. It's just that's just it's just never going to happen, man. This is life no, in the Big Twelve for the next couple of years. I think it's just, frankly, I think it's just life in college football. Um, you know, your just your your the windows where they are. And there's so many games, and the fact that there's so many games, I, you just, you don't have many opportunities. So you got to stuff them all in there, and you've got one day. And it's just, it's just how it's going to be, man. There's always going to be a, uh, you know, a handful, six, seven games that are going to draw good ratings. Obviously, there's going to be some at the very top that are the best. And, you know, there's different windows where you're going to put those. And, unfortunately, the bad thing for Oklahoma is that the 11 a.m. kickoffs get great ratings. Like That's the biggest problem is that they get great ratings because everyone is geared up and excited for the day. They're either watching from a – uh, a tailgate or watching at the house, their team's playing later. The 11 a.m. games get great ratings. They probably get better ratings than a lot of the primetime games because, you know, after a long day of college football, a lot of people have already checked out. Their team's already played. They're they're ready to do something else. But 11 a.m. out of the gate, those games rate really, really well. Yeah, it's not great for recruiting at home. I wonder if there is, like, any – I, I don't know, any plus at all for 11 a.m. marquee road games like this, seeing as everyone in the country is going to be watching your game, I would guess. I don't know if that's an added benefit at all, but Parker and I were uh, were talking earlier, man, and it, this game for Nebraska is going to be a huge deal, man. I think that they're probably going to come into that game undefeated after beating Northwestern in Dublin. Ticket prices for that thing are already at a little north than 200 apiece after the fees. But OU is going to come in that game undefeated. Spoiler alert, 2-0. I think Nebraska yeah. is too. That's going to be an expensive ticket for OU fans trying to make that trip up there. Now, they they play – do they play three games or uh, before they play that one? Is that right? I think they play three. I think they have a bye uh, at some point before that OU game because they play on oh, week okay. zero against um, against Northwestern. Right. Okay. Yeah. No, it's going to be a big deal. But you know they've been able to host. See, they play. The difference is they play in a conference where they get to host other big home games against big time opponents. We don't. We do not get to host any home game ever in conference from another top-tier football program across the country. We don't get to do it. So it turns even hosting a what's been a bad Nebraska team turns into a huge deal. That's the reality of what our home schedule has been like. Yeah. I know. Uh, no one's ever been more excited to host a 3-9 and nine team than we were last year to host Nebraska, man. Yeah, uh, I know. Nebraska, Nebraska plays Northwestern, that game in Dublin. 
They'll play North Dakota at home the week after. Uh, they'll play Georgia. Okay, so they'll play. They'll have three games. They got Northwestern, and then North Dakota and Georgia Southern at home. So, so they'll be. I think they'll be three and zero rolling into that OU game. All right, three and zero and starting to probably hit a bit of a stride in the new offensive system that they've got. Um, but you know, the good part, like if you want to to find the good news on that is. Oklahoma's going to have a nice little group of games to pull from to see what the new quarterback situation looks like up there, the Thompson kid, um, how that personnel at Nebraska has adapted to the Whipple system from Pitt. So, I mean, that is a kind of a benefit to get a little bit more film on them. Yeah, UTEP being at 2.30 didn't really surprise me. Um, Kent State at 6 p.m. definitely didn't surprise me. Hey, no more pay-per-view, by the way, ESPN+. Plus. That's cool. Nebraska yeah. at 11 a.m., that didn't surprise anyone. The most surprising thing is that Iowa State game, moving from Thursday to Saturday all of a sudden. Now, I'm looking at the NFL schedule. Ravens at the Bucks. Tom Brady will be playing quarterback. I mean, that's going to be a pretty big game. That's a, pr- that's a really good Thursday night game, actually. So I don't know if that's why they moved it back to Saturday, but it's very curious why that were to happen when they've already had it scheduled for a few months on a Thursday night. Well, I don't know. I feel like a good NFL game on Thursday night will make your game rate better on a Thursday night because you've Explain. already got a large captive football audience. Like, that's my take on it, but, you know, whatever. They know way more about it than I do, but um, I don't know. It's interesting. I'm, I'm like I said, my anger about it is we were going to have back-to-back weekends off to watch all the college football we want, dude. Yeah, I, I was trying to I, – I feel, I feel like I looked at the – Saturday that weekend, and I can't recall if there was a whole lot of good games, but who cares if there's zero good games, man? You've got to yeah. hang out all Saturday long and just watch some football. But, no, nah, it's 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 interesting. It's it's fine. Um, that is kind of the stretch, though, where you hit. It's almost like the schedule is broken up in two, right? You've, you've got to go to Nebraska. you got to play Kansas State. you got to go to TCU. Then you play Texas. And then you get – a little bit of a two-week break, and then it's Baylor at West Virginia, Oklahoma State. Like, There's like two portions of the schedule where you look at and say, all right, that's going to be pretty difficult, but you've got a yeah. few weeks in there to kind of get ready for both, I guess. Yeah. Uh, speaking of West Virginia, did you see OU Molly Whop West Virginia last night in the Big 12 tourney? Well, I mean, West Virginia kind of made a little bit of a run there in the ninth inning. So I didn't. You was. know what? I didn't see that. I I I checked out like in the eighth inning. It's like, oh, they got this. I think it was what seven zero in the eighth or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you hit a grand slam last night. No, that um, was great. What, I was watching Kate that when Graham, it happened. Yeah, it was a bomb. Ooh, Texas just hit a home run, three run shot. TCU what's first inning. What's the score? First there? inning, three three zero Texas in the top of the first. Okay, OU gets a uh, Tech later on tonight at seven thirty. OU be in a real good spot if they beat Tech Woo. tonight, which saved hey, one three of that, four. Is against that one on the ESPNU tonight? tonight, or is that uh, ESPN Plus again? 
I will uh, – l- let, me, let me check that for you, and I'll get right back to you. Um, but today, speaking of the Big 12 baseball tournament, is actually the anniversary of something that we don't talk about a whole lot, but actually is a very, very underrated moment in, in OU history. Nine years ago today, man, the OU baseball team won the 2013 Big 12 baseball tournament. Now, that in itself is a, is a pretty cool accomplishment, but it happened, I think, what, six days after that awful tornado that rolled through more in 2013. They had the light blue T-shirts on under the jersey the entire tournament. And for them to win it right up the street in Oklahoma City after that just awful, awful situation and more, that was a that was a feel-good moment. And, and what, not long after that, I think, yeah, the OU softball team won the national championship. Yeah, so this must also be the anniversary of – because that one was up at Bricktown, right? And yes, we did the show there. And what stood out to me, Tyler, was OU turned a double play. I stood up out of my seat to give like a fist pump. Phone was in my lap. Phone goes face first on the ground. Absolutely shatters the glass all over the place like it wasn't Ah. a cracked screen it was a total like the screen shattered and came out of the phone (laughs) unusable Uh, yeah yeah well what you you've never uh been back to that ballpark have you since then i think i've been back just a handful of times but Squeeze that iPhone tight, real tight when you go back there, I'm sure. They're playing some good ball right now. They're hitting it really well. They're running the bases well. They're they're fun to watch right now, man. They got a good shot at it. They got a good shot at it. That game is on ESPNU tonight, by the way. Great. And, And, you know. Yeah, go ahead. If you win tonight, man, I, I don't know how the everyday OU baseball fan feels, but if you win tonight... I think you start having realistic conversations of, wow, could we could we host a regional here? Yeah. Um, Skip, what Skip Johnson thinks that hey, they need to win. He, he said what, that three the other games day. this week. Yeah, he, he said tonight, two. Maybe in a position two. He said two, but definitely three. Um, yeah, I'm with you now. Who who do you out of TCU in Texas? TCU. Is the more you are you're pulling for Texas in this game, even though you lost the series to them during the season? I guess you should have won it, but um, um, I mean TCU technically won the league. Well, they didn't technically win the league; they did win the league. Yeah, they're the um, one seed. I don't know, man. I mean, but you beat Texas, you beat TCU in Fort Worth two out of three this year. I I say that. I I say go ahead and. Revenge that loss that you had in Austin, that game three yeah. on Sunday in Arlington, actually of all places, yeah, where you blew in that Arlington. big lead. Yeah. So yeah, go. I I say um, I guess TCU maybe RPI wise would be a better win, I think. But I I think either one of those wins is is really going to help your RPI. It, it'll definitely give you an RPI boost. Yeah, if you I guess the kind of the point is if you get to that point, then like. It it probably it's probably not going to matter. You're probably going to be hosting a regional, and I guess it would matter for overall seating. But um, yeah, I don't know. Fun to watch. I'm looking forward to that game uh, tonight. I got to tell you, this is kind of a funny story. 
I was supposed to do a podcast last night, and we were interviewing Creed Humphrey, and it was at 8 o'clock. Yeah. And I had sat down to watch the baseball game, and shockingly, my wife and I were watching the baseball game, and we're like totally enthralled, every pitch, having a conversation about it. And then all of a sudden, she's like, oh, my God. I was like, what, what is it? She's like, you're supposed to be doing your podcast. Tyler, <laughs> a 30 minutes late to doing uh, my least, podcast. Just not a not a care in the world ever. going on. Just sitting there least watching the baseball game with wifey. Ever. Well, at funny. least you're having a good time. Yeah, that's good stuff. Hey, uh, real quick before we hit a break. I mean, you got a four-day weekend coming up starting tomorrow. Must Woo! be nice. But uh, so what does that mean for the pool party that's happening? Is everyone going to be watching OU baseball or is it just going to be like normal and everyone's watching the, the OU softball game? you got a decision to make now. That is a great question. We will probably we'll, – are they going to be playing at the exact same time? We may have to split screen it if that's the case, but we'll have them both on. Whether we split screen it or have one on inside, one on outside, they're definitely both going to be on going to be a fun weekend weather's supposed to be great going to be awesome all right quick time out more from the rush coming up hit some things that caught my eye next stay tuned it is the rush live on the ref we are the home shooter fans tyler mccombs teddy layman we call this segment what caught teddy's eye let's get to it story number one is first quick shout out to the guys at roof tech josh tucker former teammate of mine runs the business over there do a fantastic job uh, whether it's just roof leaks roof repairs or an all-out roof replacement, give Roof Tech a call. Tyler, it looks like Georgia is set to uh, upgrade the contract from Kirby Smart, who uh, just won a national championship there at Georgia. And uh, also Todd Munkin's going to make $2 million a year as the offensive coordinator. But uh, the details not out yet on Kirby Smart's contract, but... Uh, when asked, the uh, president at Georgia said that nobody's going to be surprised. It will be commensurate with what you would expect compensation to be for a national championship coach, which tells me it's going to be in the range of 9 to $10 million a year. You think that's going to be right? Everyone in Baton Rouge is screaming, no, don't do it. Everyone in Auburn is screaming the same thing as well. No, I I think that uh, this is different than the Auburn and Ed Ogeron situation at LSU because he's had more success just outside the one national championship last year. Kirby's a really good head coach. I've I've got confidence that they're going to continue to be an elite program. Um, I'm not ever concerned necessarily about the amount of money he makes per year. It's more about what does the buyout look like right now. And I don't think Georgia fans are going to have to worry about that because I think I think they're going to be good for a while. But that's the thing, man. You give someone a massive contract after after a championship season. We've seen it a couple times where there is buyer's remorse less than two years after it. Yeah, I'm with you, though, on Kirby Smart. I, the operation he's got going there at Georgia, it, it, it doesn't feel like – uh, smoke and mirrors, flash in the pan like it did at Louisiana State with Coach O, right? We kind of kind of knew what you were getting there with Coach O. Um, was not going to be highly coveted 
really anywhere else in the country. So I'm with you. Um, the only other thing I had is, how about this? Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray, Tyler, both out for OTAs. Kyler, we know, has had the um, the up-and-down relationship, I guess you could uh, say, with the Cardinals throughout the offseason, stripped his Instagram page and social media. Um, a bit surprising with Lamar Jackson, but I got to tell you, with the money being thrown around this offseason at quarterbacks, I think this is kind of going to be the new norm, isn't it, with uh, people wanting more money in their contract? Well, not just quarterbacks, receivers, which has been right. a, not not a new thing, but it's it's been more of a thing this offseason than ever. You know, Kyler is really starting to develop DMO around the league of being really difficult. <laughs> I mean, maybe some people would say, well, yeah, you're just now finding that out. I, I, it just seems like that is starting to get more and more uh, talked about of, yeah, he's not the most fun guy to deal with. I love Kyler. I love watching him. I think he is a one-in-a-million type of football player. But I don't think he's doing himself any justice no. here. I, if, if you just go out and continue to do what you've done, Arizona's going to be dying to sign you to a contract extension because they know the longer they wait, the more it's going to cost them. So yep, agree. just show up, develop that chemistry with your team, be the leader of that team. I just don't think he's doing himself favors here. Yeah, I got a few. Uh, first, sad news today, Ray Liotta. Uh, passed away yeah. at the age of 67, passed away in his sleep. I guess, it was he in, like, Puerto Rico uh, filming a movie right now? Wow. And, yeah, just kind of sudden, died in his sleep. They're saying that there's no foul activity suspected or anything. Field of Dreams or Goodfellas? Which is the better movie that Ray Liotta was in? Oh, Goodfellas, not even close. I love mob not movies. Not even close. Love yeah. mob movies, and that's my favorite one. I, I like Ray Liotta a lot as an actor. I think I've told you this before. When I was training for the Combine uh, and lived in L.A., we used to do our weights, like our, our lifting workout at the original Gold's Gym, and Ray Liotta would be in there working out with the trainer. He looked so damn miserable to be there. Like it lo- and This is in the afternoon. It looked like he just got out of bed. His hair would be all like uh, all over the place. Looked so angry that he was in there working out. It was funny. I love that. That's so great. All right, next one I have is Patty Gasso last night had a statement on Jordy Ball. She said, quote, the good news is Jordy's been throwing a little bit in the bullpen. I don't know exactly when, but we're optimistic she's going to be able to help this team, end quotes. Make you feel better? She's going to be back at some point? Uh, makes me feel good. Uh, makes me feel good. I I think she's going to be back. And I maintain that if you can use her as an opener, not necessarily the starter that's going to throw the whole game, but an opener for two or three innings in game one against central florida just yeah. to just to get her some time get her get the nerves out you don't i don't think you want to bring her in in a desperate situation should you lose a game or be behind something like that next one i have is a very random stat but it's a college football stat 
15 of the last 16 national champs have either beaten Alabama that season or have been Alabama that season. 06 Florida beat Bama. 07 LSU beat Bama, as did 08 Florida. 2010 Auburn beat, uh, or excuse me, 2010 Auburn beat Alabama. 2014 Ohio State beat Alabama. So did 2016 Clemson, 2018 Clemson, and 2021 Georgia. Oddly wow. enough, can you guess the only national championship team and who the coach was in the past 16 years that won a national championship and didn't beat Alabama during that season? Um, okay, so it's – oh, is it Auburn? No. It's Jimbo Fisher in Florida State. The only team uh, in the past okay. 16 years win yep, a national yep, championship yep. and not have to beat Alabama. Wow. That's crazy. Man, that's quite the stat, isn't it? Woo. Yeah. 15 I mean, in the past tells 16 you a lot years. About Bama. the champs beat them or it's been Bama. Yep. Tells you a lot about Bama and tells you a lot about the Southeastern Conference. Um, that's wild. Which, you know, we talk about. Saban and we talk about Alabama but do you think we're actually giving enough credit to the dynasty that he's put together in the most difficult time ever in college football to win a championship yeah I mean at least I am I think he's the greatest to ever do it and I think it's the greatest run in in college football history I mean I am I I, don't know if everyone else is but I acknowledge it I think it's the best run in college football history but it may be one of the best runs in any high-level sport history. I'm fine with that. UCLA this, basketball, but that was kind of a different time. Yeah, man, in this era, college football has changed dramatically since he first started at Bama in, what, 2007. His offenses have changed dramatically. He's adapted with the times maybe better than anyone right. we've seen in collegiate athletics. It's it's pretty it's pretty special. Yep. All right, quick timeout. More from The Rush coming up. We'll wrap up hour number two. Cavens Construction bringing you hour number two of The Rush. CavensConstruction.com. Gary and the team, he is a Norman born and bred, I assure you. So you got anything residential, commercial, let Gary and the team assist you with it. CavensConstruction.com, or you can call their Norman office, 405-573-3048. Someone on the text line saying the best mob movie is Once Upon a Time in America. Look. Mob movies are a genre that I'm not going to say, oh, that one sucks. No way. I can't say. I like pretty much all mob movies, man. So nothing against a Once Upon a Time in America, but I disagree. To me, it's Goodfellas, the one we just talked about with Ray Liotta. That's my favorite. I, Once Upon a Time in America, I don't think I've ever heard of that or seen it is that new it's not as main no it's not as mainstream as like goodfellas is but it's somewhat 1984 robert de niro james woods huh i don't know if i've ever seen that that may be one that once i start to watch it i say oh yeah i've seen that but you know it took me forever to um Four hours long, buddy. Woo. Man. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I don't know why I'm drawing a blank on the name of it, but uh, it took me forever to finally actually watch, um, oh, gosh. The Irishman? No, 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 no. The old one with, um, 
why can I not think of the name of it? Am I an idiot? It's like the most popular one of all time. Everyone talks about the Godfather. Yes, the Godfather. Oh, jeez, <laughs> that's the one you couldn't think of. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. I. It took me forever to watch that, and the one that I watched was like a. It was one where it was all mashed together, in one long movie, and there was just a, there was a handful of parts that were taken out, but. Most of it was all put together into one long movie. It was kind of cool. It took me like a weekend to watch yeah. it, but uh, that was pretty good. Hey, we got about 30 seconds here. Um, I'm taking OU to win the Super Regional 2-0 in two very close games. What's your Super Regional prediction? Uh, I think OU wins it 2-0. I think Jordy Ball makes an appearance. I think the bats continue to be red hot. All right, love it. Hey, we're going to play replay that Brent Venables interview coming up at the top of the 5 o'clock hour, by the way, so tune in for that. Awesome. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Final hours next. Tyler's up at the Omni for the final caravan stop. I'm hanging out here at Newcastle Casino. Stay tuned.